check the trigger warning in the description box below. Shailen's left arm was bleeding profusely from the gash he'd created on himself. But at the end of the day, it was only self-harm, not murder, and so the urge wasn't fully fulfilled. His mouth slackened and that stuffed piece of cloth fell from his lips. Shailen became more aggressive and stabbed his left leg. It was a deep cut. The sound of the blade penetrating his flesh was clear. That young soldier couldn't stand back anymore and ran toward him. Hearing his hurried footsteps, Shillian backed away in terror. Even when his back was pressed against the wall, he continued to push backward. No, 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 he yelled. Don't come near me. Don't. The second blood barrier by the entrance of the cave was drawn especially for Shirlian to bar himself, but it couldn't stop that boy. So he still had a chance to return to safety. But the tender fragrance poison was about to enter the second stage. If that boy approached, Shirlian could very well end his life right then and there and spare him no chance of escape. Shirlian was terrified that he'd kill that child by accident and could only avoid him. That young soldier heard the terror in his voice and called out anxiously, Your Highness. The urge to kill was boiling in Shirlian's blood. He raised that worn sword with his shaking hand and a voice inside his head screamed, I won't die. I won't die. The next moment, in a split second decision, the blade turned. In the darkness, that young soldier could see a cold light flash, and he yelled, Your Highness! The sword had struck, and it penetrated Shirlian's own stomach, nailing himself dead onto the ground. A sharp pain exploded from his abdomen, spreading throughout his whole body, dispersing the heat. Shirlian's hands were gripping tightly onto the hilt, his eyes bulging. He choked a cough, a thin thread of blood, flowed down from the side of his lips. His breathing stagnated and he stopped moving. That young soldier was dumbfounded and fell to his knees next to the body. Just then, there was screeching and shrieking outside the cave. Who are you? A voice cried. The voices of the flower demons were delicate but shrill and their shrieks pierced the ears. Yet, there was another who thundered louder dominating over all of their cries. What the hell? Hearing that angry roar, Shilin suddenly sucked in a breath anew. It was Feng Xin. Another muffled voice said, It's the land of the tender. If you don't want to get poisoned, then cover your face. That was, of course, Mu Ching, who already had his face covered. Feng Xin covered his face, but then seemed to have seen something, and muffled an angry shout. Is that your highness? Your highness? F***. What the f***? What's this? Ching also let out an air uh, and noted, What a disgraceful sight. But his tone wasn't as angry as Feng Xin's. More like the reaction of having heard someone utter a bad joke. Xilin lay inside the cave and couldn't hear what they were saying. 
but he could guess that those flower demons probably showed their naked selves before them, looking highly inappropriate. Fengxin was cursing uproariously. Hurry and burn them. Don't let anyone else see. Soon, there was a field of flames and the sound of burning. In that roaring fire, the shrieks and curses of those flower demons gradually disappeared. Make sure to burn thoroughly. That fragrance from those flower demons is poisonous. If there are any leftover seedlings, they'll come back, Ching said. Shilin sucked in a breath, waited, then coughed weakly once. But the other two immediately heard his voice and charged into the cave, yelling, Your Highness, are you in there? I'm here, Shilin called. Even though he tried to steady his voice, it was still weaker than normal. The two of them rushed over, but they were stopped by the barriers outside the cave's entrance. However, they were very familiar with the arrays drawn by Shilian and knew how to break them. Fengxin ignited a palm torch, walked a few steps, and before the deepest of the cave was illuminated, he suddenly called out, Who's there? Mu Ching was also alarmed. Is there someone else in the cave? Don't worry, it's just a little soldier, Shilian said. The two dropped their guard and entered. The bright firelight brightened the entire cave with a warm, orangey glow and illuminated Shilian, who lay there on the ground, his long hair strewn about, his robe shredded and impaled by a long sword through his abdomen, nailing him to the ground. The two were horrified by the sight. Fengxin leaned over. Who did this? he asked. Me, Shailin replied. Muqing was aghast. What happened? Shailin shook his head. I don't want to talk about it. This only happened because there was no other way. Hurry and free me from this. Muqing approached and pulled out the sword with a frown, throwing it to the side with a clang. That young soldier retrieved it. Fengxin helped Shilian sit up and covered him with an outer robe. Only then did Shilian finally recount the ghastly night with the land of the tender. You guys came faster than I expected. Where's Chirong? Chirong got locked up by the king in the palace, Fengxin said. He's too overbearing in the markets, so of course he was an easy target. But he knew to find us after he got back, so... Not too bad. It seemed that as much as Chirong despised those two servants, he still acknowledged how competent they were. The two had planned to have one stay behind to guard the fortress, but Chirong was screaming and howling with the sword smeared in Shilian's blood, so they thought that the danger might be more than they expected and decided to both come together in the end. Razor Hill was thick with the essence of evil so it wasn't hard to find, which was why they were so quick in coming. Although Shilian possessed an ascended body, normal blades could not hurt his essence, and a jab to himself like this wouldn't kill him. Still, he had never truly lost in a battle of life and death in his twenty years. This was the first time he had gotten so heavily wounded, so he needed time to recover. And so, Fengxin carried him on his back on their return to the royal capital. Foreign pain stabbed at him from his stomach, 
making Shadian furrow his brows, but he tried to control himself. Did you guys bump into anything on your way here? he asked. No, Muqing replied. Shailin sucked in a breath and said, Be careful, there are inhuman creatures about. He had wanted to tell them about that white, clothed being, but because he was really quite exhausted and seeing from the peripheral of his vision that the young soldier was following behind with that bloody steel sword in his hand, Shailin finally relaxed, closed his eyes to restore his energy and fell deeply asleep. Since he had capriciously descended into the mortal realm, Shailin had not closed his eyes to rest for over a month. With stacking pressure growing, this whole ordeal finally crushed him, and he was comatose for three whole days. After three days, he woke with a start and found himself inside his bedchamber. The ceiling above was glamorous and beautiful. It was the palace, and he immediately sat up. Fengxin, he called. Fengxin was just outside, testing his bow, and entered when he heard the call. Your Highness, he replied. Shilin's stomach injury had long since healed, and he immediately jumped off the bed. Was I knocked out for a long time? Did anything happen? Relax, Fengxin said. It was only a few days. There were no enemy attacks. If there were, wouldn't I have already woken you up? Go back to bed. You forgot your shoes again. Calmed, Shailin went back to bed. After a pause, he asked, Where's Mu Ching? Just then, Mu Ching walked in too, holding the prepared robes in his hands. Here, he said. He attended to dressing the crown prince, and Feng Xin spoke up beside them. However, even though we didn't battle in the past few days, we did find out something. What did you find out? Shailin asked. Didn't we say before that there's something off with Yong An? That there might be reinforcements? We went to Scout Baser Hill and saw several people that were dressed like our citizens but had a weird accent. They didn't look like they were from Shenla. I captured them and sure enough, there are other kingdoms supporting Yong An from the shadows, secretly shipping supplies and arms. Otherwise, with so many people of Yong An squished on a barren hill, there was no way that they could support themselves until now, surviving only on wild roots and weeds. Fengxin cursed, f***ing fakers, pretending to be all friendly, got to stir up shit now, hoping that Shenla would fall completely into chaos. The kingdom of Shenla possessed a vast territory with bountiful resources, its wealth abundant, its production of precious jewels plentiful, and the nearby kingdoms had long watched with eyes green with envy. Shailin had expected this and shook his head gravely. He recalled something else and asked, Where's that child? Which one? Fengxin asked. Oh, that little soldier? We were rushing you to the Gorsha that day, and no one cared for him. He probably went back to his troop. After he dressed, Shailin lowered his arms and sat down with poise on the bed. That child was pretty skilled. I think he's got really good potential with the saber. If he's taught well, he'll definitely be spectacular when he's older. Mu Cheng, remember to find him for me 
when you get a chance, settle him well, he could be appointed. Shelian was someone who loved those who were skilled in martial arts and just had to appoint them to his side, just so he could watch them every day and soak in delight. This wasn't the first time that he had made such a comment, but it was the first time it was directed to a child. Wiching heard him make those remarks, and his expression turned unreadable. He scrunched up the hairband he'd just untied from Shelian in his hand, and turned around to throw it to the side. Fengxin, on the other hand, remarked, That brat only looked to be about 14 or 15. Isn't that too young? What's he gonna do after getting appointed? Wiching also said in a flat voice, It's not proper. It'd be against military rule. A god can descend into the mortal realm. So what can military rule do to me? Shilin said, then praised. You guys should have seen the way he killed those Binu. It was so good. Speaking of Binu, that strange white-clothed being flashed before his mind. Your Highness, why have demons like those land of the tender appeared on Basil Hill? That's never happened before, Fengxin said. Shilin rose to his feet. That's what I wanted to tell you guys that day. Finally free, he recounted his meeting with the one who bore the crying, smiling mask. The three of them talked it over, but didn't dare to be negligent. They decided in the end that it was better to report it to the heavens. Thus, once Shilin left his bedchamber, he briefly met the king and the queen before hurrying to the great martial hall on Mount Tessang. If this was the past, Shailin would have gone to the heavenly court directly to tell Junwu face to face. Yet the circumstances had changed. He was the one who deserted the heavenly court, and that was like handing the keys back. Even if he wanted to go back, the doors would have been locked. Plus, he'd left with such upset and spoke with such friction in the great martial hall that he was a little embarrassed to face Junwu. Thus, with great reverence, he lit a few giant sticks of incense in the great martial hall and passed on the message to the divine statue of the heavenly martial emperor, hoping that he would hear it. However, the number of incense respects Jinwu received were at least 8,000 to 10,000, an overwhelming amount, with a number of big believers mixed in. Whether he would really hear Shilin's message would depend entirely on chance. Shailen didn't dare leave things be for too long either and immediately returned to the battlefront to continue his watch over the fortress city. Maybe it was because the damage inflicted in the first battle was too great and their reinforcements had been cut off secretly by Feng Xin and Mu Qing, but Yang An seemed to have changed tactics and didn't recklessly attack again. After a few months, they fought a few small battles, but didn't lose too gravely. Compared to the first battle, those bouts were nothing. That strange, white-clothed being didn't appear again either. Thus, the royal capital of Shinda was growing slack, and Shilian himself found a rare chance to leave from the front lines, strolling through the royal capital to relax a bit. He stepped onto a small stone bridge, 
stirring long twines of the weeping willow next to the bridge. He watched lively red koi fish swish their tails, swimming happily through the coursing waters below, feeling envious. He was lost in thought for a while, when suddenly he felt eyes staring at him from behind, and when he turned his head, there was no one there. Puzzled, but not sensing any malintent or killing intent, Shailen didn't mind. After crossing the bridge, he strolled along the martial deity avenue, and passers-by on the road bowed to him, excitedly or reverently or delightfully greeting, Your Highness. Shailen nodded and smiled, and after walking for a while, he felt that staring gaze on his back again. This time, he took it to heart and whipped around without warning, catching the culprit. Behind a willow tree, there was a flash of a shadow. Shailen walked up and was about to grab at the person when he realized with a start that it was that boy with his head wrapped in bandages. Your, Shailen asked. Even with bandages wrapped all over his head, that boy still raised crossed arms to cover his face, leaving only a bright eye peeking through his patched sleeves. He stammered, Your, your highness, I didn't mean to. Shailen pointed at him. You're from that night. He trailed off, recalling immediately what exactly had transpired on that night many months ago, and just how discomposed he was. Images filled his mind, and he reddened, feeling slightly awkward, and hurriedly cleared his throat. So it was you. I was going to look for you a while back, but with so much on my plate, I'd forgotten. He cleared his throat. Aren't you a soldier in the army? Why are you in the city? Hearing him, the boy was taken aback and replied a little mopingly, I'm not in the army anymore. Shailen was bewildered. Huh? Why not? He asked. The boy was even more bewildered. I got kicked out, your highness. Did, did you not know? Shailen was perplexed. Know what? He had clearly told Muching that this child was a good sprout, to be settled and appointed. So how did he get kicked out of the army after Shailen's specific instructions? That boy looked to be both excited and happy, immediately dropping his arms. So your highness hadn't known. I had thought. I thought. Shailen was becoming more and more curious. Come, tell me, he said. Why did you get kicked out? Who kicked you out? Why did you think that I would know? That boy made a giant step toward him, but before he could speak, a loud, horrified scream came from the Marshall Deity Avenue. Shailen whipped his head around and saw a man holding his face, running and stumbling in his direction.